Welcome to the Nate and Dorn podcast. We are professional videographers based in Vancouver, Canada, and we are here to talk about relevant topics within the video and media industry. I'm Nate, and I run Nate Dixon Media. And I'm Dorn, the videographer, solo entrepreneur offering video production services. Uh, and today we are going to be talking about what steps you need to take to get your client prepared for the shooting day. Um, obviously, we have to deal with clients, and there are many circumstances that happen that have taught us what to do with a client to prepare them for that day. Um, there's uh, stuff you should do in pre-production, and there's stuff that you should do on the actual shoot day. So... Uh, Nate, why don't you fire off uh, the first thing you can think of for pre-production? Oh, okay. The first thing I'll do uh, once we've set everything up, the actual shoot day specific thing I'll do is I'll send a little email um, telling them <laughs> what not to wear. Uh, <laughs> small repeating patterns look terrible on cameras. Yes. So sometimes... I've had people bring like a vest or a blazer and it's like small checkerboard patterns or mm -hmm. thin pinstripes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it just creates moire. I hate moire. There's no easy way to fix it. It's better to just get them to choose solid colors um, or very basic bigger patterns that our cameras aren't going to mess up with. Um, and if we're shooting on green screen, it should be obvious, but I've had it happen where somebody brought like a, a brownish green coat to shoot on green screen. I'm like, you can't wear that. Oh, it's going to yeah. cause me a nightmare in trying to key out just the green without your coat. So, <laughs> yeah, tell them, don't wear like that stuff. <laughs> um, I used to say don't wear glasses, but I actually think it's probably was just my lack of experience with being able to adjust lights and stuff because I was getting huge reflections in the glasses and I was like, oh, wear contacts if you can. But you know what? Like we want to see people as they're comfortable, you know, what they're actually, what they actually look like. So I'd rather them wear the glasses and feel more like themselves, the most natural on the shoot day and adjust lights if I can and deal with their reflections in their glasses. Yeah, you adapt making your client comfortable and not vice versa yeah yeah they can help you out by choosing different clothes but you don't want to start altering i don't know appearance and make them feel uncomfortable right um and actually with the clothing for um, um ladies uh, if you know you're gonna need to put a lav mic on make sure they have like explain to them the whole process of how you can put a lav on. Like you need to put it in a pocket or on a belt in the back. Uh, and also you need to clip it on some kind of, you know, vest or something. Uh, they don't wear ties. So, <laughs> well, some of them maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Or you just ask them to bring a couple options, right? And then you mm -hmm. can see from what they bring what best. Recently, what I started doing was I brought a um, a yoga wireless microphone belt that apparently yoga instructors use. And it's just this like black color. I think you can get gray and white as well. Um, and if I, I, my last client uh, that wore a dress, uh, we, because it was a black dress, the black belt perfectly matched her outfit. So, yeah. 
problem solved nice. that way too. Cool. Um, one thing I like to do in pre-production is uh, to communicate as much as possible with the client. Uh, besides picking their brain for content, uh, always double check if they have any concerns or if they're nervous about anything. They might not be open about it. They might just assume like, oh, it's a stupid thing. This guy knows what he's doing. I don't need to worry about it. But if it is affecting their mood and their confidence, um, just make it a comfortable conversation to speak out in the open. Like, hey, do you have have uh, have you had any um, experience being in front of a camera? Uh, if not, uh, you know, do you have any concerns? Do you have anything uh, that you're worried about? Let's let's talk about it and use your experience and your knowledge of what other people have to deal with in front of the camera to reassure them of what to expect. Mm -hmm. That's good. Cause yeah, a lot of people aren't YouTube vloggers used to talking to cameras, you know, myself included. So that's a, a good thing to check. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is if they have a script, um, make sure they practice the script before filming day. Cause sometimes you type things out and if you don't read it out loud, you realize it sounds really awkward when you say it mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of just reading it. Um, do you yeah. ever have them practice like a teleprompter, Doran? Yes, I do. There's some free teleprompter uh, mock websites where you just copy paste your text in and it's literally like a scrolling black backdrop. Um, it, it simulates a teleprompter. So I get them to do that. I'm like, don't sit at your desk like a foot away from it munching on some mac and cheese you know go go three feet four feet away standing look at the screen and try and keep up with the speed of the text and uh, see how it reads there um, especially if the client is the person giving you the script they're writing it they might think like oh well i know what it's about don't worry about it um but oftentimes people kind of complete sentences in their head and lose track of a script and mm. go off script and that causes them to mess up and be uh, not be able to refocus so practicing that beforehand kind of gets them ready to um, read from a bit farther away from a screen read while standing up or however they're supposed to do that uh, and they need to give me I, I push this and this is for their comfort as well they need to give me the script in advance, not on the filming morning day. <laughs> I need time to put it in the teleprompter and I need to help them with formatting, you know, like they might give me a huge essay and I'm like, we need to break these paragraphs so that you have a breathing room, you know, and it's easier on your eyes to read when ideas are chunked in paragraphs and not all together. Uh, if sometimes, you know, it's, if they're not a professional script writer. Um, you can offer them like, hey, uh, if, if you would like some feedback on the script, I've listened to many scripts and I've helped compose many scripts. Uh, if you would like to me to take a look and give you some advice. Um, they clients generally seem very happy with that, especially if they're trying to squish a lot of information in a very limited time, like, oh, the video can be longer than this, but they're talking double that you can help them identify um repetitive phrases and crunch down two sentences into one right but then again if you're doing that you should be 
mm, either your original price should have included a bit of script help uh or if not just tell them like well we've got like seven pages of script and there are recommendations that i have but my services would cost you know another whatever 100 bucks or something but it is something that would help the client definitely mm -hmm. yeah I, I did a project earlier this year and it was talking about langley and this person is not from langley so they just kind of had their bullet points that they wanted to hit. But uh, growing up in Langley, I had a few more ideas that I tossed in there and I said, well, actually, it's only this distance from Whistler or from the US. And it was trying to like advertise Langley by saying, oh, within a five hour drive, you can get to all these places. I'm like, well, it's more like a half hour drive to the border or, you know, it's a 45 minute drive to downtown Vancouver. Like saying a five hour drive makes it seem like it's way out in the wilderness. <laughs> and she was like super thankful for that. She's like, oh, okay, that sounds way better. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Sometimes uh, it's easy to tunnel vision and not notice certain things. So always getting an outside opinion is uh, beneficial. Totally. Uh, one other thing that I do, depending on what we're filming, if I have a shot list, I usually do that together with a client. Um, like, I'll do it together with them verbally, and then I'll share the mock-ups later. Um, but, you know, including them in that process, I think, is helpful to them envisioning the filming day and being more confident in your abilities. Yeah it's good to know that the person you're hiring has a plan and yeah like you say it's almost like you want to get that second opinion because one shot that you think might be really important they might not really want to focus on for that video They're like actually we'd rather you focus on this aspect of mm -hmm. the building or the company you know yeah Um, another thing, uh, but this, I want to throw this in there, but basically this is some, this is how I operate my business. Like I do a half day and a full day pricing scheme. I don't really do hourly. I found that that helps clients, especially in the pre-production phase, because people are not freaking out over, oh, I'm trying to condense everything into two hours. And what if we go over two hours? What if it takes them five hours? Because, you know, it's their first time on camera. And <laughs> some people handle a first time easier in front of a camera than others, right? Uh, so I found that by taking the discussion to, hey, this is the price. You, it's a half day up to four hours. If we spend only two hours there, then that means we did a great job. If we need to do a couple of retakes, we don't need to stress over time. You can have a five minute break, clear your thoughts, you know, drink some water, get some air, and then you're good to go and less pressure on you. And every time the client's been thankful for that extra time. Uh, and especially big corporate clients, uh, they'll say like, oh, do you think we can get it done in four hours, five hours? And when I present, let's just go for a full day. And if we wrap it up in half a day, I charge you only for half a day, but let's schedule a full day and have your budget aligned for potentially a full day. And that always goes over well in either case. If we use the full day, they're like, oh, we're so glad we, we planned for this. 
And if it's wrapped up in a heft, they like, wow, great job. And that's the same way you should approach the editing as well, right? You want to build in a bit of a buffer for revisions yes. or if something goes wrong, because it's much easier to have that buffer. And then if you finish a bit early, great. The client's still happy, no surprises. But if you think you can speed through the edit, but then there's issues and you got to fix the sound and they're not happy with it and you got to make changes, you you already have your razor thin margin that you're not making and you're just going to be frustrated the whole time. You're like, ah, I'm doing all this extra work for free or I got to charge them extra. And then they're like, whoa, 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 this is more than we agreed for. Mm. And it's just, it gets everybody in a, the wrong state of mind. So I think that's the right approach, Doran to push for that full day so that you have that peace of mind they have the peace of mind and if you get done early great it's a nice little bonus mm -hmm. um one last thing i'll say for pre-production is if the location is dependent on the client like the client's house or the client's office uh if you can do some scouting with them like hey can i come i'm in the area can i come by for half an hour on this day to just quickly look at the place. Um, or if that's not possible, if the client can send you some photos of every room that they have available. Cause the, so oftentimes I get a client saying, Oh yeah, I want to film in this room because they like a specific element. But if that element is portable, like, okay, let's take your banner with your logo and put it in the room. That's doesn't have a loud fan that you can't control. <laughs> you know, like, oh, this room's really noisy, or, oh, you can see traffic whooshing behind you. Um, even with your blinds down, they're, like, semi-transparent. Can we use the boardroom instead? Uh, yeah, no one's having a meeting that day. Like, there you go. We're away from the front door that's slamming. You know, just a bit of, <laughs> a bit of scouting and uh, planning with the client, showing them this is the best room because... We avoid all th these issues they're going to be more confident and more relaxed on the filming day that's true and actually i didn't scout out an office one time and i was filming and the the client expected me to be able to get their logo on the wall in the shot and it's like seven feet tall and i'm like unless i that. shoot like up your nostrils i'm not going to get that and plus if i'm have like a nice uh <laughs> depth of field that is shallow and looks like more cinematic you won't even be able to read the sign mm -hmm. so unless i like stop down and crank up the light it's just gonna and then shoot at this weird angle you're not gonna get what you're expecting yeah or, or get them to be like 20 feet away from the wall and yeah and a it, smaller it was like logo above their head it was like glass too it's like uh, a glass plaque and i'm like it's gonna have these weird reflections so yeah, I've had like, that happen too, and and the resolution to that was, uh, we just put the logo as a lower third. Yeah, exactly. Usually, that's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of stuff uh, that you can do in pre-production. There's probably more stuff, but we didn't want to overload it with too much stuff. This was like the very common for my clients. Yeah, this is geared um, towards corporate clients, right? We're not really talking about events or weddings. This is like coming into a small yeah. to medium business, typically, with like a talking yeah, head interview indi type Individual, thing. small businesses, corporate, yeah. Um, 
obviously for for wedding stuff you would do you would want to attend the rehearsal you would want to um you know ask get in touch with a wedding planner to get yeah. all the contacts of the dj and ask yeah ask them every every detail about what's the decoration going to look like how's the walking in and going out uh routine you know um how much break is there in between <laughs> the ceremony reception and they better say at least two hours so that you have to, to move your gear <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah um but we mostly deal with like small businesses and corporate right so we're, we're talking based on our experience yeah that's what we're focused on for this this kind of client prep mm -hmm. but so Dorn. what that's nope. the first. <laughs> okay, fine. Here you go. <laughs> what are things you should do on the shoot day with the client? Look it out of my mouth. Uh, well, on the filming day, I, I think first thing you need to check if you didn't do it in the pre-production, like in your emails and meetings and uh, phone calls with them, is again, double check with them if it's their first time on camera you you can have some visual cues like the fact that they're fidgeting they're constantly looking around all over the place and they're not locking with the lens just have a, a quick chat with them uh and see what they're nervous about um just having a quick dialogue with them for five minutes before filming puts them in a talking mood and and if you're like behind your camera and barely making eye contact, like you're just like <laughs> obscured and you're just like trying to <laughs> make them look towards the camera, you get more used to looking that way, right? That's that's usually the first thing I would do on a shoot day if I notice my client is uh, nervous. That's good. And a lot of the time when they are nervous, they come across stiff and monotone and dry, yeah. Yeah. not their dynamic selves. Um, this is something I, I really try and focus on, uh, is helping them not be nervous and being a good cheerleader, right? You want them to get their confidence built up. You want to reassure them of how they're doing great. You know, if you make any mistakes, we can go again. It's no problem. I've got plenty of card space, like plenty of battery. You don't need to feel stressed. And like you say, if you've booked them for a half day or a full day, there's less of a time crunch. So you can reassure them of all those things. And sometimes it helps if the person on screen has like someone, a friend or coworker who, who they like in the same room. Uh, like I was filming at a, um, like a eyebrow eyelash salon and the esthetician, the beauty esthetician had their marketing person there with them on the shoot. And she was, she was playing the cheerleader role there. So while I was getting everything set up, she was like, oh, yeah, you're going to do great. Make sure you mention this stuff. And if, like, the the talent, like, flubbed her lines or anything, uh, that the cheerleader was quick to be like, oh, that's no problem. You can do that again. And so, like, I didn't have to take on that role in that specific mm -hmm. case. So that was, like, nice. So maybe if that could be something you could mention is, like, hey, does, can someone else help you out, you know, get you a drink of water or, like, be a cheerleader because sometimes you'll be able to do it, but sometimes it really helps if they have someone with that built-in trust and friendliness already able mm -hmm. to be there with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For sure. 
yeah, I've uh, had plenty of corporate shoots where the CEO was like being interviewed or asked questions by their assistant or, you know, several of their staff are there to help take care of things. So yeah, they, they, they're always in a comfortable oh, nice. position there. Yeah. Um, I think especially coming back to if it's their first time on camera, uh, just letting them know certain things that maybe it might be too awkward for them to ask because they don't know what the video process is like. You know it, but they don't if they've never been in that situation. So telling them like, this is not live. Okay, we're not on TV. I'm just recording on my camera. If you, you know, slip up and stumble mumble whatever just redo the idea you know laugh it off that's what editing's for and they always like that line that's what editing's okay. for we'll fix it in editing don't worry about it um so reassuring if if that's the case obviously if you're doing a live stream don't <laughs> tell them that <laughs> we're not but, live <laughs> but for you know non-linear editing or whatever for non-live um just reassure them of that uh, reassure them you can do retakes um, especially if you have the time buffer like we need if you want to take a break you want to skip to the next chapter there's a lot of ways a lot of possibilities you can give them to see what they're comfortable with um, that's another thing you could just ask them like alright this is the pace we've been going at for the last hour are you comfortable with this do you think you would be better at explaining something else. And sometimes they'd be like, you know what? I'm going to get the, the really wordy and technical thing out of the way first at now at the start of the day before I get tired. I want to do the easy stuff at the end of the day. And like, wow, that's actually very smart. Let's do it. And, and sometimes clients have like great ideas that I never thought of. Like, yeah, let's do the hard stuff first. Um, You know, unless you're a grumpy morning person, I've had that happen also. Like, they're like an older gentleman, so they didn't want to do anything that was too difficult first thing in the morning. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll do the cheesy, easy stuff. <laughs> yeah, and some people would rather start with the easy stuff to kind of get warmed up, to get more used to the scenario, right? And then they're like, okay, now I'm all warmed up. Now let's tackle the trickier stuff. Now that I've got a couple hours under my belt of doing whatever they're doing. Um, one thing that is really nice is if you can play back a little clip of them, even if they can't hear the audio great, just seeing how they look on camera, they can be like, oh, okay, that's great. I was envisioning the worst. Usually it's a positive thing. And, um, if you have like an external monitor or recorder, it's obviously really easy to throw a LUT on there so that if you're filming in, in our case, S log, you put the S log to Rec 709 light on there, and so they don't see the gray washed out log footage <laughs> and think, oh, what's wrong? Oh, that looks so weird. They can see a little more contrast and saturation so that they're like, oh, that looks really nice. So yeah, I've been I've been trying to do that as much as I can since I got my uh, field monitor this year earlier. And and for again for people that it's their first time hearing themselves off of a playback oh. <laughs> device that you're always gonna get the same reaction like, oh that's what I sound like oh that sounds so different that's so weird <laughs> hearing myself is so weird seeing myself is so weird like 
like I want to have a little, a little, you know, a little piece of paper with those words written. And as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every everybody's like that. Yeah, <laughs> you get used to it. Um, one thing that I learned from a more experienced videographer was to bring a an anti fatigue mat if the talent is standing. Uh, and you're not getting like below the ankles. Um, that really helps with standing and delivering lines for a full day or however long. You know, like even even standing still for half an hour sometimes gets your like your feet hurt and you 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 lose focus and you can't stand still. Right, so you don't want that. Um, and that's I guess that's. Tip. That's another thing you should always look out for your client. You want to, your number one priority is to make them, to capture them, light them good, get proper audio. But you need to make sure that you're helping them present themselves good. Um, some videographers might feel that that's not their responsibility. Um, but I think that's a risky approach because the client you're giving the client basically a reason to accuse you of not paying attention to detail like oh didn't you notice that my hair is like i have a loose strand that is doing its own thing or oh you didn't see that i have like something in my teeth or you didn't see that i'm sometimes seated clients do this you know they spin around yeah, in their chair that all the time <laughs> an, they they might have nervous tics um yeah so again it comes back to calming them down getting them focused and locked in uh and just explaining to them that you're not just picking on their personality or their you know <laughs> whatever you're you're just helping them be as presentable as possible yeah and hopefully you don't tell someone with parkinson's to like stop moving or something <laughs> okay <nice. laughs> You don't want to like, can you stop doing that thing that you cannot control? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing you can do is on the shoot day, like if a say a plane flies overhead or something after the take, if you want to retake it, you say, you know, that was too loud. Let's do that again. It wasn't anything for your performance, but just for safety. Or if it actually wasn't that loud, don't like, keep them in suspense afterwards try and say i did hear that noise but it's okay we'll be able to fix it in post mm -hmm. or it wasn't that loud i was monitoring the audio the whole time and so they're not thinking like is, is this guy paying attention is he not mm -hmm. you know yeah actually uh yeah that's a good point i <laughs> i catch myself sometimes um saying okay let's do another retake of that can you take it from paragraph two please and I don't explain why, and that gets them nervous. Sometimes they think mm. they, they did a bad job. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I just heard a door slam. Uh, I, need, I need to, like, they're focused on the script. They might block out the noise mentally because they're focused on the script, right? Or on delivering to the camera. So, yeah, just being as communicative as possible is a positive. Um. <laughs> And you, a thing that I've had to work at was how you explain things, because you can you can tell them something and they'll perceive it as bad, right? Um, so wording it nicely. So for example, if a client's like having a nervous tick and they're like playing with their pen, 
on the desk and it's getting picked up on the mic, right? You don't just tell them like, can you stop tapping? It's really annoying. <laughs> you don't tell them that. You just say, hey, so the mic is right here. So please avoid, uh, you know, gestures that involve you touching anywhere in that area. Uh, just because we want to hear you very clearly because you're you're sounding great you're right on script we just want to make sure that there's nothing interfering with the audio so no rustling of papers no tapping of pens just a relaxed hand and uh you know you just guide them like that yeah that's good or i've heard put it in a compliment sandwich the breads are the compliments and the filling is what you're actually trying to say hey that was a great take that was amazing uh, you stuttered on this. I'm not sure if you noticed, but this word here in the in the first sentence or whatever. But again, everything else was great. Uh, it was just that first one. So let's just do a retake for safety. There's the sandwich. You don't just say you messed oh, yeah. up on the first sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah, get straight actually, to the point. German efficiency style. No another, another thing I, I like to tell them, which is true. Uh, it's not that I just like to tell them like shenanigans, but like in in for from a videographer's point of view the more footage you have to choose from the better so i was trying to get him like let's that was perfect let's do a second take is there anything you want to try different you want to be more relaxed do you want to crack a joke at the end let's just get that second take you know like uh, sometimes interestingly enough the ceos even though they book the full day if they know they delivered the line they want they want to get up and go like they, they got a golf meeting or something like like they got more important things to do <laughs> and uh i've always felt like the bad guy for telling them like that was great please can i get a second take just so i can have fun in editing i don't know maybe we need it and uh last time i uh filmed the big ceo uh, of a gold mining company um we ended up using that second take after they saw they requested the, someone else a director was requesting the edit and telling me what footage to use and after i used the first take they're like hmm he was hunched over a little bit let let's use the second take he looks more relaxed i'm like yeah exactly <laughs> that's good so once you say yeah okay it's in the can now just try it more laid back or whatever sometimes that can be the take mm -hmm. that you want it's kind yeah. of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's good. That's um, good. Uh, you have, I, I guess, maybe we should have said this at the beginning. You have to be in control. You have to be in control and aware of a lot of things. And you kind of have to assert that with the client. Because uh, a few clients, especially the some CEO corporate people, um, they just want to get it done with quick but then you can't throw the blame like oh well you got up and walked away like well i thought we were done why didn't you say we're not done right i've never been in that situation but i can easily see that happening so for example if they're reading a teleprompter script and they mess up on a word they'll just redo the word and continue reading the script but their tonality mm -hmm. changed or their facial expression changed or they're like smiling because they screwed up or something so you have to take that initiative and say like for continuity's sake just so it's so just so this if you don't want to do an entire or um not an entire what's it called just so we don't 
prolong the filming or add an additional film day, let's do it properly, please. Can you redo from two sentences beforehand just so you have a flow of tonality, right? And usually they understand what you're talking about. Um, but some at the beginning, I was kind of intimidated to do that, to be bossy. I felt like I was bossy telling them how to do it, where to do it, how... You know, like, they know what they're talking about. Like, yeah, but they're, uh, yeah, with experience, like you said, Nate, with experience, uh, you see what can happen if you don't help your client be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You do got to stay in the driver's seat, right? And you're the one who's going to be editing it, so you know where they should start back. If it's a teleprompter, I do that all the time, is... If possible, I'll have them take it from the beginning, get a whole another clean take. But if it's right near the end, or if we're running short on time, or they're just getting frustrated and I know they need a break, um, I'll say, okay, let's start from a couple sentences back here. And then we just do the last little bit. And that's if I'm shooting with two cameras, because I know I can switch easily. Mm -hmm. If it's just one camera, and I don't want to do like the punch zoom in and out YouTube style quick cuts, <laughs> Yeah. Then I'll try and get them to redo the whole thing if we've got the time and the patience. Because, yeah, just redoing one word does not help. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sometimes I get them super comfortable by pressing record and putting the script on, but just saying, oh, we're just going to do a warm up, like just read it out loud, get comfortable with it. But, you know, if it's a good take, then the surprise is like, all right, uh, that was great. Let's move on to the next one. Like, oh, when, when do we start filming? Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's filming. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Doing great. Uh, <laughs> man, it's like the it's like the doctor who says count to three before they give you like a needle. And they're like one, two, and then they poke it on, poke it in. And then they say three after they've injected it. So you don't like tense up on three. I've, I've had that technique used on me <laughs> and i was like <laughs> I, oh oh okay it's already over okay <laughs> Distraction. Um, yeah one more thing if uh you can't depending on the shoot like if you could have someone for makeup that would be like the very best option uh because sometimes people get very oily foreheads like me so oily <laughs> and uh hairs get out of place but at the very least um what i found is helpful is to bring a little spray bottle of water to get all the little frizzy hairs it, it doesn't happen as much for guys but sometimes when i'm filming uh girls or anybody with long hair on a green screen or even not on green screen i'll have them pull all the hair back or pull it all forward and even then sometimes little frizzy bits come out so i'll take the spray bottle and help flatten it down a little bit so by frizzy, and, help my ESL here, like like stray hairs, like they're just splitting yeah, off doing little, their own thing. Little wispy, like maybe you could see a few of them yeah. kind of up here on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, anybody... you bring a spray bottle and do that? Yeah, we, we've got one at the studio that I film at with Village Church. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll use the spray bottle. Sometimes a comb works, but... Sometimes you need a little bit of water mm -hmm. to help kind of mat it down so that it's all one piece. Do you never run into an issue of like ruining like a lady's haircut or something? Uh, no, I haven't yet. 
Like, like if they have it like in a shape and puffed up. Usually if it's at that level, it doesn't have those frizzy bits because everything's all in place. Okay. It's more as yeah. if their hair is just down and then it's just kind of on their shoulders. I'll try and also get the hair off their shoulders because when it kind of spits out, it looks a little weird. So either yeah. all forward or all back tends it to look the best. goes over the left mic too. I hate that. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Necklaces. Okay. Sometimes you got to check that make sure the clasp is at the back and it hasn't like found its way forward because that can look weird or just get them to remove it all together if it's rubbing on the lav mic too i've had to do that hmm. see love your necklace but so by a spray going... bottle you mean like a mist like a fine spray right yeah yeah just look just yeah a little bit just to help flatten it down a little bit hmm. okay yeah. i'll have to try that i've always felt too awkward to like address a lady's hair like let me <laughs> I, I've, almost I've always, always i've always just told them like oh you if you want to fix up your hair a little bit and they just pull out their phone and go into selfie mode and <laughs> deal with it by themselves or again if there's an assistant there they're like choo, 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 you know yeah but that that's good to know okay very well yeah. never thought of that Learning I never thought of the anti-fatigue map, so I learned that from you, who you learned mm -hmm. from someone else. So, mm -hmm. Good tips, good tips. For sure. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of tips on how to get your client prepared and comfortable and ready for the shoot. Communicate with them, plan with them, include them in pre-production as much as you can. Uh, address any concerns, be open in discussing with them, especially first time in front of camera clients. Get them really comfortable. Uh, and then on the shoot day, you need to be in charge. You need to notice things. You need to make sure that they are performing well and looking well besides being captured well. Any mm -hmm. other finishing thoughts, Nate? I think that pretty much covers it for the, the scope we're going for today. Awesome. Well, yeah. always a pleasure uh, doing these podcasts with you, Nate. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. Thank you for watching and listening. And be sure to subscribe to not miss an episode of the Nate Doran podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. This has been Nate and Doran. Thank you for watching and listening. <laughs>